Hi, Alvin De La Pena here, lead pastor of New Life the Fort in Manila, Philippines. And this is our podcast. Be blessed, enjoy, and may God's grace empower your everyday. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 15. First, many are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Father, that is the cry of our hearts right now. As we are present in your presence, we know that you are ministering to us right now. We know that you are manifesting your goodness your grace, your wisdom upon your people, even as I speak right now. We thank you that there is an encounter this afternoon. That is your desire. And we open our hearts to receive more of who you are. We thank you, Lord, for the tangible, manifest presence of your goodness this afternoon, that it overflows in every area of our lives. We thank you, Lord God, for breakthroughs, for healings, for manifestations of your promises as we hear the word because you always, always demonstrate your word by signs and wonders following. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You may all sit down. Thank you so much, praise and worship team. Patrick, may I ask you to continue playing? I sense that there is a move of God right now a spirit of fatherhood upon the people. And I, I sense that our hearts are ready. We're going to see something that we haven't seen, an aspect of God that we haven't seen before. And you know, for those of you who are first-timers here, the watch face of New Life the Fort for this year and the years to come is the season of sonship. Season of sonship. And pastors have been explaining what it is all about. And you know, it's very important for us to understand what it means to be in a season of sonship. Because how many of you know that we don't fight against seasons? We work with seasons. And it's very important, it's imperative to understand, for you to understand what season you are in and how to work in that. Let me just illustrate something, you know, practical, something physical. A good farmer knows when the right season for a particular crop, a particular fruit is, right? So I remember like when, I think two years ago, when there was lockdown, all of a sudden, <laughs> My wife just had a craving for mangoes. And it wasn't the season for mangoes. But she was making kulet. She was being insistent that I look for mangoes. So, honey, are you pregnant? <laughs> anyway, but she ju just wanted to have mangoes. So, okay, so it's, it was lockdown during that time. So I went outside. And true enough, you know, as I overlooked our balcony, there was this man pushing his cart. He was selling his fruits. And I saw a yellow thing at, from a distance. So I called him. So I ran after him. Manong, manong! And then 
uh, it was already a little bit far away. Thankfully, uh, I ran fast enough. <laughs> so I was huffing and puffing, and I came to him and said, Manong, how much is the mangoes? But he, I don't know, he, he sensed the desperation in my eyes, and he, he sensed the, that I was really eager to buy the mangoes. And he said, 250 But, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't really frequent buying stuff from the markets. I, I'm not the, you know, I'm the man of the house. <laughs> so I didn't know. But I said, that's kind of expensive. But, you know, it's already there and it was too late to back off. Nakakaya naman, di ba? Hinabol mo. Tapos, ah, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, it would be embarrassing if you say, ah, okay, thank you. <laughs> so I, well, I, I, I bought the mangoes for a kilo, 250. And you know how many pieces of mangoes that was? Two pieces. <laughs> And you know what? When my wife tasted it, maasim na, mahal pa. <laughs> you know why? But uh, that was sour and expensive. Why? Because it wasn't the season for mangoes. But once you taste a mango that is in season, world blessed, world class, the sweetest in the world, right? That is true in the spiritual, the physical. How much more in the spiritual? And that's why it behooves us to understand what it means to operate in the season of sonship. And the good thing is, we are in church. We, we get to understand, we get to learn from the Son, S, capital S-O-N, that's Jesus Christ Himself. We understand how it is to operate being the Son. And as we see Jesus more and more, we get to understand who He is, what He has done, and who we are in Him. Amen? So, when you understand and you walk in your position as a son, no matter what circumstance you may find yourself in, the glory of God will just reflect in you and through you. The Bible describes it in Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 19. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. If, you, if, you, if you're early, I know you are, most of you are, you've seen the, the, like the video, the opening video, there's lots of problems, lots of troubles going on in the world right now. But thankfully, as the world gets darker and darker, the church shines brighter and brighter. How does that happen when the sons and the daughters are revealed? The glory of God. What is the glory of God? The Bible speaks of the glory as the weight, the kabod. The glory of God speaks of the manifest tangible goodness of God in our lives. The glory of God shining in us and through us. So much so that the world cannot help but notice that glory. There's a picture of that in the Old Testament in, um, in Egypt wherein there was darkness throughout Egypt but there was light in Goshen. Goshen means drawing near. There is a drawing near. When you are intimate with God, when you are walking in fellowship with God, when you know what it means to be operating as a son of God, as a daughter of God, 
your light will shine. And you know what? In the world when there is darkness, they can't help as try as they can, as they may. You know, they cannot help but notice light. When there's darkness around, you know what? No matter how dark it gets, when you, when you shine your light, you cannot help but be noticed. Amen? Amen. So, two weeks ago, Pastor Ibo preached about sonship, the call to intimacy. And there is a call to intimacy. And sonship is really all about intimacy. It's not just about when you receive Jesus the very first time. You truly, you draw near to God. And you, you, you hear His call. But you know what? It doesn't end there. An invitation to intimacy is not just a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. It's an every moment thing. Like what we did a while ago when we worship God. We just enjoy this presence. And even right now, as you hear the word, God is ministering to your heart. Amen. And last week, Brother Charlie preached about sonship, the invitation to intimacy. And I got a lot of things from there. And one of the things I got was that, you know, the reason why there's so much trouble in the world is that because the Bible says the love of God is not in them. Not the love for God, because the love for God is something that you love God. But the love of God in them means you don't have a revelation of the love of the Father in you. And that's what makes, you know, the things in the, of the world grow dark. But praise God, we are here. We are here to listen and hear about the love of God. That's why we are in church. And it's very important that, you know, that we understand what it is to be intimate with God because from there, when we are intimate with God, we grow into maturity. We know the progressions of sonship, right? The progressions of sonship, if you still remember, how many of you still remember that? There's intimacy, you start with intimacy, and then maturity, and then authority, and then there's potency, and there's prosperity. And it's not some, something like a ladder, like a process. No, it's a cycle. It's a cycle that you continuously understand. We step into that call. We step into that process of being intimate with God and we grow into the revelation of sonship. So, you know, God is a gentleman and He is inviting us. He is calling us to be intimate with Him. And we know that being intimate with Him is essential in growing into maturity as sons and daughters of God, right? We know that it's important, it's essential, it's basic, it's foundational, it's imperative. You can't replace it. And that is why it is in my heart this afternoon to talk to you about saying yes to the call. Sonship. Answering the call to intimacy. Answering the call to intimacy because God is always inviting us. God is always calling us. Come here. Draw near to me. And it's the best way to do is to say yes to that call. 
it's necessary for us to answer that call an invitation to be intimate with the Father as he, ex he, he is extending that invitation. Because you know what? We don't automatically know. Growing up, we were exposed to religion. Religion will teach us, has taught us, has conditioned our minds that when we approach God, you need to be perfect. You need to be holy. You need to be cleansed. How many of you have heard this statement when you invited people to church? They would, probably you have heard this before. Sakana, baka masunog ako dun. Or, sakana, ayusin ko muna buhay ko. Basically, what that means is, uh, I'm afraid to go near to God because I haven't figured out my life yet. I have to fix my life yet before I, need, before I go to God. And you know what? You couldn't be more wrong. Because you cannot fix your life outside of God. That's why we need God. We need a Savior. Because we cannot go to God out of all our own righteousness. Because, you know, the Bible says our righteousness are like filthy rags. And that's why we say yes to God. We say, yes, Lord, your arms are wide open. And I'm here to answer that call. So, I'm going to give you three things that we should know in order to answer the call to intimacy. Are you ready? Yeah. Amen. You should know that number one, to answer the call to intimacy is number one, know that intimacy with God is relational, not transactional. Intimacy with God is relational, not transactional. Relationship, mga kapatid, it's relationship. It's not a transaction. In Matthew 9, verse 13, it says, Jesus is the one saying this, and he was quoting a verse from Hosea. He says, But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In Matthew 9, same, same verse, but in the message translation, it says, Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. You know, God is not after your performance or your works or your religion because He wants to have a relationship with you. And He is very specific in what He wants. Church, this is what he's saying. Ito na nga sinasabi niya eh. Diba? This is him very specific. This is what I want. So let's not give him what he does not want. Let's give him what he wants. And what he wants is a relationship. The context of this verse was when, when the Pharisees were, 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 they saw Jesus Christ hanging out with tax collectors the prostitutes, the sinners, and everyone, the Pharisees considered dirty. And the Pharisees couldn't figure out how come, he asked, they asked the apostles, how come your master is hanging out with this riffraff? Riff how come? And you know what Jesus said? I can't, I can't I'm paraphrasing, of course. I can't explain it to you before you understand what this means. Go and understand what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It's like, you know, someone 
coming to you and asking you, Brother, teach me higher math. Teach me calculus. Teach me structural analysis. Teach me differential equations. Wait, um, do you know basic math? Do you know arithmetic? Do you know algebra? Do you know, do you know your basic math? And if you would say, no, then it's impossible. You have to know the basics first. And for you to understand God, the reason why the Pharisees couldn't figure out Jesus, couldn't, they couldn't figure out God, was because they couldn't understand this. But Jesus being as gracious as He is, He's saying, go and understand what this means. This is what I want. This is my, what my Father wants. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. That means it's not about what you can do for me. It's what about what I have done for you 2,000 years ago. Church, the reason why you're here, God has brought you here. Maybe you've, you're here out of, you know, you're thinking that it's because of religious duty. But you know what? God can work things out for your good. That, you know, God is speaking to you right now. No, it's not about your performance. It's about Him being perfect. He just wants you. And I remember this story. Um, I didn't share this in the first, first service. But I believe uh, someone needs to hear this. Um, probably 10 years ago when, when, when my wife and I went to Singapore. And, you know, it, we, we spent a holiday there. And I, I didn't have a cell phone because I... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't turn on my, what do you call that? Um, roaming, yeah, yeah. So, so, we were at, we, so we went to Universal Studios. It's a big place. And then uh, I think after having dinner, um, I wanted to go somewhere. And we said that we'll meet at this specific place at this certain time. So true enough, I did because we were in a hurry because, you know, we were about the same, I think that was the same night we were about to uh, go back home. Anyway, so we had a, a, a deadline, uh, a timeline. So, so I went, I went to the place that we agreed on at the specified time that I said. And you know what? My wife wasn't there. So I waited. Five minutes, she wasn't there. 10 minutes, she wasn't there. 15 minutes, she wasn't there. 30 minutes, she wasn't there. I was already getting angry. I was already getting mad. Where did she go? When she comes back, she will hear it from me. And I was, you know, I was already uh, trying to touch my pocket out of reflex, wanting to text her. But I didn't have roaming. One hour passed. Two hours passed. Anger turned into worry. Three hours passed. Worry turned into concern. And I was already praying, Lord, I'm not going to be mad at her as long as she comes back. And you know what? She did come back. And I wasn't angry. Sometimes, church, the point of that message is that sometimes we think God is angry with us. That's why we don't want to. 
Sometimes you think that God is so angry with you, that's why you don't want to go back to him. But you know what? He extended, extinguished his anger on the cross 2,000 years ago. He just wants you to come back. He just wants you to come home. He's after relationship. He's not after your performance. He just wants you. That's why intimacy is not transactional. It's relational. I'm looking at my outline. And I, it's good. This is the Holy Spirit. You know, there, there's a, this is the prayer of a preacher that you have prepared an outline, but you want the Holy Spirit to move. And I just want to tell you that you are special in God's eyes. He wants to say something specific, something direct. And you cannot be more direct than this, that God loves you. God wants you. He's always with you. You know, sometimes when we pray to God and you approach God with a mindset of transaction, you either come to Him, you always tend to come to Him in extremes. If you see Him, if you come to Him in terms of transactional basis, what do I mean by an extreme? You will be either afraid of God or you will be resentful of God. Afraid of God because, you know, you see yourself, your failures, your weakness, and you feel like, you know, God is not answering your prayers because you failed. Or when you see yourself, oh, I'm so good, I tithe, I go to church, you know, I, I'm a good person. And then things are not happening the way you've prayed, the way you expect them to be. You become resentful. Lord, how come I'm not seeing this? You said in your word that if I tithe, you will open the windows of heaven. How come these things are happening? How come I'm not healed? You said, you said, you said, you said. Why? Because you're thinking in terms of transaction. But God is all about relationship. That there is a process that He is leading you to. And when you understand that, you begin to acknowledge Him. That every step of the way, God is with you. Even your highs and your lows, God is always with you. Hallelujah. You know, contracts are transactional. Promises are relational. In Romans chapter 4, verse 16, in the message it says, This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God in His way and then simply embracing Him and what He does. God arrives as pure gift. That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in on it, those who keep the religious traditions and those who have never heard of them. For Abraham is the father of us all. Hallelujah. He's not our racial father. That's reading the story backward. He's our faith father. So again, church, intimacy is relational. It's not transactional. Next thing you need to understand is that in order to, to say yes to the call of intimacy, we need to understand that intimacy with God is resting in God. 
Intimacy with God is resting in God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3, this is for you. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he said, so I saw in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. In other words, when you believe, you enter that rest. When you trust God, you, get, you, you enter into his rest. It's not something that you're struggling with. Like for a good example would be a chair. Let's say a four-legged chair. And have you ever sat on a four on a four-legged chair, but the other leg is broken? Yeah, it's possible to sit on it, right? But you cannot fully rest your weight on it. Have you ever been to a jeep wherein um, you know it's so full that only half of your you know <laughs> your behind is enough to sit in that? I had that, you know, it's so exhausting. Instead of being comfortable, it was painful on the knees and the thighs. It's like, you know. You know, it's the same way with God. How can you be intimate with God when you don't fully trust Him? That's why when we trust God, we enter into His rest. And you know what? This is my picture. That, you know, when you really want to be in close fellowship with God? Cast down your cares and enter His rest and allow Him to embrace you. When you trust Him, you're allowing Him to embrace you because God is not physical. Of course, He can move through people, but God is spirit. And for you to allow Him to embrace you is to enter into His rest. In... 1 Peter 5, verse 6 to 7, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. The reason why you can cast your care is because you understand that He cares for you. Hallelujah. Humility is submission to God by trusting Him and casting all our care upon Him. It is like us saying, God, I trust you because you know better. You know better. You know better than I do. You can fix this more than I can ever think and, or imagine, more than I can handle. Charlie shared this last week about our primary call. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is our primary call. Contrary to what the world believes, you know, I'm called to be a businessman, you know, I'm called to be a, a lawyer, an engineer, a doctor, I'm called to be a pastor, I'm called to be a prophet, an evangelist. You know, that's not your primary call, my friends. Your primary call is to be in intimate relationship with God, with the Father. And you know what? 
that's good news for me. <laughs> because, you know, when you understand that when God places a dream in your heart, and I'm sure all of us, hopefully all of us, right? God has placed dreams in our hearts. We see ourselves doing something that the Lord has placed in our hearts. Maybe minister to millions of people, just like Charlie. Um, raising millions for the gospel. Uh, being a lender of many nations, but a borrower of none. A prophet, an evangelist. You know, those, uh, a politician, uh, a president, a beauty queen. Uh, I don't know. But sometimes we find ourselves contrary to what we're believing for. That, you know, instead of being closer to our dreams, we feel like as if the dreams have gone further. But the good news is those are just secondary calls. Secondary calls. The primary call is that you can be in intimate relationship with God. That no matter what circumstances may, may, you may find yourself in, you can choose. You know what? I know I'm called to be that, but right now this is what I can do. I can fulfill the call of God upon my life by being in intimate relationship with God. I am fulfilling my call by praising God. I am fulfilling my call by worshiping God. I am fulfilling my call by spending time in fellowship with God. Church, that is us fulfilling the call. And when you fulfill that call, you will find yourself walking in the second Gary call. Amen? That is why in Psalms, it's somewhere here. It says, In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he will make your paths straight. Church, acknowledging God is not just a one-time thing. It's not like, hey, what's up? And then you go ahead. Acknowledgement also means yada in Hebrew. In Greek, in the New Testament, it means ginosko. Acknowledge him. Spend time with Him. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not like when you're, you know, you know how it is when you're driving in an unfamiliar place like, say, Makati, and you see someone, uh, let's say, a man on the street in the corner saying, Boss, sandito yung building ng whatever. Where is the building? And, and he would point, Tun, you know, <laughs> and then you would go ahead. No. When you acknowledge God, you remember that He is with you. He is in your boat. He's in your car. He's in your life. That every moment of your life, He leads you. And you know what? He makes your path straight. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 55 verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. I love this. Cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. You know, the world will say that how come you rest in God? That sounds kind of irresponsible. But you know what? When you rest in God, 
when you cast your burdens upon God, when you trust Him, that is the most responsible thing you can do. Because it says here, He shall sustain you. Because you're doing and going by out of, not from your own strength, but you go by the Lord's strength. And He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Amen? That is why resting in God requires you that you have an intimate fellowship with Him. Because you know what? You can never trust someone whom you do not know, right? And for you to know a person, it requires fellowship. It requires intimacy. It requires time. And once you do, you rest your hope, the Bible says, fully upon the Lord. It's like you sitting on your chair right now. Your entire weight is on the chair because you fully trust the chair to support you. It's the same way with God. You rest your entire personality, the Bible says. You rest your entire being, your entire cares and concerns upon Him, and He will sustain you. And you know what? He has never failed, and He never will. Amen. That's why in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. There it is, that word again. I know whom I have believed. No, it's the Hebrew word again for genosko. I have an intimate relationship with him. And I know that what I have entrusted to him, he will keep until that very day. You know, have you ever had an experience wherein someone was telling rumors or gossip against someone whom you love? Someone you know personally? Oh, you know that blah, 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 whatever that is. And because you know that person well, you know your friend well, better than anyone, you say, that's not true. You know what, church? Let's be in the place wherein we know God intimately. That no matter the devil, what the devil is trying to say, no matter what the circumstances is trying to say, that, you know, God is not going to pull through for you. The circumstances have gone from bad to worse. That the symptoms on your body doesn't seem to be dissipating. It's still there. But you know what? I know. I genosco. I am intimate with the one whom I have believed. And I am persuaded, I am convinced that he who promised is faithful. Amen. Amen. We know that. Devil, I know my God. And I know that you're a liar. And I'm going to continue trusting my God. Church, that is us being, growing, being mature as sons. Because we are not led by sight. We are led by faith. Again, what's the, what does the word, what is our scripture? What is our opening scripture? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the mature sons of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Lastly, in order for us to be intimate, to say yes to the intimacy, to the call of intimacy, we need to understand that intimacy 
requires vulnerability. Intimacy requires vulnerability. Church, you know what? As I am sharing these things, this does not just apply to our relationship with the Lord. It also applies to our other relationships. When you have a healthy relationship with God, when the love of God is in you, you know what? You will have a healthy relationship. It will carry over to your other relationships as well. And it says here in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In any intimate relationship, someone needs to take the first step. Right, husbands and wives? I have an impression in my heart that, you know, especially I saw a lot of young people a while ago. If you're believing for a partner, especially if you're a male, if you're a guy, you need to be vulnerable. Maybe you don't have that much quality relationships in your life. You know what? Developing relationships does not come automatically. You have to put your guards down. You have to put your shield down. And you know what? When you're trying to know somebody, they're not going to open to you automatically. You have to open up to them first. You have to make them understand that you're trustworthy, that you're relatable, that you're human as well. And guess what? That's what God did 2,000 years ago. The Bible says, God being fully God, He became man and humbled Himself to the point of the cross. And you know what? When you are vulnerable, you open yourself up for possibilities of rejection, possibilities of being mocked, possibilities of being misunderstood. But you know what? God didn't care because He saw that you're worth it. He op- That's why the cross is a picture of His arms wide open. Because you know what? God, the perfect being, the one who created the universe, the one who created life, who is life Himself, the one who is light Himself. And who are we? We are imperfect people. And yet God opened Himself up. He became vulnerable. And sometimes being vulnerable means you have to go to their level. Like a relationship between a parent and a child. Sometimes parents, parents think that, how come I don't get along with my child? Well, maybe you're expecting them to go to your level. You have to go down to their level. I remember this story and it just stuck to, with me ever since. I, I remember Pastor Paul uh, many years ago when his kids were still teenagers. And you know teenagers, right? Before ba- they became, you know kids, before they become teenagers, they always want to be with you. But when teenagers, they become teenagers, they don't want to have anything to do with you. And Pastor Paul noticed because he was so busy in the ministry, 
he felt that he he grew apart with his children and so he didn't want to resent that so he asked god for wisdom so what pastor paul did he just observed his children he noticed that their children his children play a lot of video games but pastor paul doesn't like video games but you know what he tried to learn he tried to learn video games and uh, I, he, I remember the, the title of the video game is Halo. Doesn't like video games, but he learned. And he asked his son to play with him. And at first, his son was weirded out. Dad, are you, are you being sarcastic? I, I don't want to play with you. You suck. Sorry for, <laughs> sorry for that term. But, you know, you're bad at it. But Pastor Paul, you know, he didn't give up. He played, learned the game, became better, and then became better and became competitive. And then he asked to play with his son again. And you know what? He beat his son. And the son was surprised. Dad, that's just a fluke. Chamba lang yan. Let's play a game. Let's play again. So they played again. But you know what? He beat his son again. Oh, this is not real. This is... Uh, this is game on. I'm just, you know, playing kids' glove. This is on. And they played again. And he beat his son again. And they found themselves having fun. Breaking the ice. Church, sometimes we need to be closer. You want to be closer to the people that's, that's special to you? Take time to understand what's important to them. Be vulnerable. Open yourself up. And you know what? That's what Jesus Christ did. He even though He was fully God, He became man. And so the Bible says, in all points, tempted as we are, yet did not sin. No one can ever say, Jesus, you cannot understand me. You cannot say that to Jesus because the Bible says He underwent every single temptation that man undertakes. He is vulnerable. He took the 99 steps for us to just take that one single step. And you know, intimacy is a choice. It's not automatic because it's a relationship. No, there's no such thing as a forced relationship. It always has to come from free will. That's why, you know, if you're going to answer the basic foundational theology that how come man, how come God gave free will to man? Because He wants to have a relationship with you. Amen. This is my la two last verses. We know John 3.16. We know that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We also know this in John 17 verse 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life, it says here, this is eternal life, my friends, that they may know you, the only true God. So you can paraphrase John 3.16 like this, for God so loved the world that He gave 
His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Church, eternal life does not begin when we die and go to heaven. Eternal life is here right now that we get to have the privilege of getting to know our Savior more and more intimately. Amen. I sense the presence of God right now going through the hearts of people. And let me say this to you. What I said also in the first service, it's time to put your guards down and just allow God to embrace you. You know, you may have had uh, um, you know, a terrible past. You may think that you, know, you don't deserve the love of God. But you know what? It's not about you. It's about His goodness and His faithfulness. That is why He is God and He is good because you don't deserve His goodness and His love. But He is still giving it to you anyway. Amen. Thank you for listening. If this message inspired or helped you, do share it with your family and friends. And if you want to hear more of our podcast, check out our list of episodes. We would definitely appreciate if you subscribe. Till next time, be blessed.